speaking window. The speaking window. Yes! That's a whole You're so in the red. Fuck yes. Bold City Longsword presents Swords in Stereo. Welcome to Swords in Stereo. I'm Matthew Stenson. Oh, hey, I'm Lucas DeBlasi. I'm Johan Lopez. Keith Ann. And Josh Ferret. Josh Ferret is visiting us from Pensacola today. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha Three hours past it. He came in to do a workshop that I had mistakenly been calling a seminar all week, and apparently those words mean different things. <laughs> we, we confirmed they do. Yes, a, a, a seminar he mostly talks. A workshop you actually get in and work. We and did both. It's, it's a workshop. It's a workshop. It's yeah. a works, worksminar. A Zwerk shop. A Zwerk shop. Oh, that that's some dad level shit right there. <laughs> Shout out to Pat Thomas. His one joke. You thought this was going to be serious, Keith. Okay. No, I don't expect that. I just, I just, the Pat Zwerk. <laughs> Every time. Zwerk uh, it like you work it. No. That's at least a different delivery. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to Pat for you. We'll, we'll, we'll zerk it out. <laughs> Here comes the speaker. <laughs> speaker window. So Josh came here to do a, a footwork workshop with us. Uh, but I think what today we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about uh, traveling to different clubs, interacting with club cultures different than your own, and then just uh, managing ego, uh, yours and other people's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, what about uh, what's what's your background? Just briefly, I don't know. Yeah. Who, I don't know who knows. Well, I assume the whole world knows who you are. But I have, you have a fan club. Fuck you for bringing that up. <laughs> how I how I fucking hate. By the way, you, you haven't you haven't posted pictures on your fans only site in a long time. Oh yeah, because yeah. that doesn't exist, oh. <laughs> and it will not Matt, ever. It's, it's only fans. Oh. See, I mean, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just how hippie this is. is. The, this is the, so, the ceiling fan aficionado. So, or, like a little background. Uh, my name is Josh Fred. I run club in Baton. I'm the head instructor of club in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I run Baton Rouge Open. I travel all over the freaking North American continent, from Canada to East Coast, West Coast, and Mexico, and fight a lot, teach a lot, and generally just all over the freaking world with it. So it's kind of the best scope of it. Known known for just being ridiculous and fighting pretty and doing fun things. Can confirm. Yeah. Yep. I also generally call back lots of shots, and that's some reason people think I'm awesome for it. I'm just like, it was crap on me. Like, why do you keep doing this? <laughs> I'm judging myself so hard. Like, oh, thank you. I'm like, no, I just fucking suck. Fuck you. <laughs> we appreciate your low self-esteem, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We should all be popular. <laughs> if only it worked out. I don't even know how I'm popular, honestly. Like, honestly, God... Because you travel, you get around. You've had a lot of face-to-face time with a lot of the human community. That's sadly accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. play hard to get with praise. So, it yeah. makes people want to give it to you more. You leave a trail of body pillows. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 
No, uh, I mean, so, like, to go on to the scope, I guess, of the subject matters, like, travel, right? So, it brings popularity, but it's more so as it brings the face-to-face, you see the difference of cultures, things you can learn, variety of things, right? Uh, I travel a lot. I think I did, like, 16 events in 2019, and it was, like, and highly important. I, I literally can travel around and tell you how things are in the Midwest, what's up in the East Coast, West Coast, Mexico, Canada... Different variables. Hey, we go here. This is how they fight. This is like the levels that they're comfortable with. Try to match it. Don't be a douche. You know. And it brings a lot of insights to those things. Everywhere fight's different. You learn all kinds of new modes. Challenging. Lessons are learned. Sometimes with lots of pain. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, our first episode, that was our number one rule, right? Don't Don't, don't be be an asshole. Yeah, don't be an asshole. It's like It'll get you far with a lot of stings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, don't be a dick. Yeah. It's, it's not just Tima. Like, when you go to the grocery store, don't be a dick. <laughs> Except for Keith. He's a dick everywhere. Yeah, very much. It's okay. We still love you. So what, what? Go ahead. You go ahead. No, you're so cute. Go. <laughs> so, we made a big deal about how important it is to travel and visit other clubs. Like, what are, what are you, what's in your experience? What's your advice for contacting clubs and getting in there and, and just generally, general interaction? Like, what are your what's your SOP for? Uh, so usually, I generally try to hit up in individuals I know in areas, or I can find, or I'll reach out like through Facebook or people I know. Hey, do you know anybody in said area? Set up with them, be like, hey, I really would like to come train with you guys and come get some interactive time, mm-hmm. right? And so then I generally contact with them, set things up, try to see if like people have free place I can crash. Usually, just to make life easier. If not, get a hotel. Something like that. Some people, like, I get it's hard to travel financially, but usually most people in the human community are pretty open to helping. Yeah. And, like, can house in as long as you're, A, first rule, not an asshole, right? And then we go in, and the biggest thing that I can tell anybody about traveling is when you go there, take a class, and literally take the class. Don't don't sit there and try to put your own motifs into it. Shut the fuck up. Be a student. Listen to it. Even if you disagree with what's happening, go through the actions to understand where the people are at here or at. Understand their culture and their goals. Because at some point, you probably were they're at, or you will probably learn all kinds of new things. Like I was telling y'all earlier today, it's like, I've learned the Zorn House 16 different ways. And each way is viable. If you go, no, my way is the only said way, it doesn't matter anymore because you're in an absolute world. For me, it's more of like, no, I can see how this works in this context, how it works in this situational context. And now you're actually building onto it, and then you share through. And then and it, it just helps you out into where you see these different mindsets and how people operate. Like, I, I spent a lot of time traveling. I've gone and trained with Kim Brogy. I've trained with Austin. You know, I've come here with y'all. I've taken classes and taught classes here. You know, it's just a big thing to me is go and learn. You go to tournaments, too, and you have big workshops. Screw the tournament half the time. Go take some of the workshops or at least one or two that you want to get to. Get the information from them. Then when you have free time, go get that instructor and go work on it. Yes. I can't tell you how some of my favorite times of tournaments is like I ran a class or something. I go over with four more pe- four people that want to do more. And three hours, we are just working it. And it just, like, sets it to whole new levels. Like. Even if you're not learning new material, like I've gone to a bunch of workshops where they've just gone over like basic rapier, 
and like I didn't learn anything necessarily, but I learned a new analogy or way of yeah. expressing it that makes something click for a student here. Yeah, um, especially if you're an instructor, I think you should travel more, especially for that purpose. Go take as many classes as you can, see all the different ways people teach and yeah. explain things. Well, it'll also help if you know how people, like say you, uh, you're fighting someone who learns something different than you, and then you learn their reasoning, that's going to help you troubleshoot their fighting later on if you yeah. if you come in contact with them. It'll also help you troubleshoot other people's fighting, too. Like, so you come into, it's like, oh, they're doing it like similar to these guys who I learned with. They probably have a similar intentional concept, right? Or they have a general understanding of the same fashion. Well, I can do this for the counter, perhaps. And then they come in like, oh, how do you know how to counter my work? Well, I've trained with these guys, and this is what we came up with. And then the knowledge shares, everyone evolves, everyone grows, we all become better. And then next you know, we're all just doing rapier because Longsword got boring. Oh, <laughs> he's right. <laughs> it's the ongoing joke. I refuse to lie. I know. So they actually, if you actually go into this, like this is a fun moment of Meyer, right? Where we talk about how he talks about the approaching into the straight parries and all that, and then you have to cut into all that stuff. Yeah, some of the more advanced longsword stuff, if you really look at some of the people fighting, it's, I mean this in advance in North America, and by the way, like other areas, still dudes work copters and a variety of other things. But here, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stuff that go out, and it literally is like a rapier fight. Yeah. Yep. If you watch them. If you watch like a skilled rapier fight, and you watch a really skilled longsword fight, there's not much difference, honestly. Well, I had one of my biggest leaps in skill uh, after taking a month and a half of rapier mm-hmm. and, and just seeing the parallels and connecting all those dots between rapier and longsword, yeah. and it just made me so much more effective. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I will not lie to you. I uh, I hate rapier with a passion. And for me to even tell you this, like, it says about the importance of it. And I, and I hate rapier for a different context reason. It's Bad a- experience of a tournament. <laughs> yeah. And it's fun for me. Like, I like doing it. I don't care to train it all the time and like a turn around. I know Keith is like just like shaking his head well, at me at this point. This, this this sounds reminiscent of a certain preface in a certain book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that we all know about. <laughs> but but I do actually so I've I've literally in the past six months been really like diving hardcore into Myers repair work. Uh, since Robert Redford's book came out and then doing my That's own work amazing. into it. Yeah. And it was just like well, crap, so now I have a Myers Rapier, and now we're going down the road, but... But don't most people that do Rapier get bored and start doing small sword? I no. mean, it happens. Oh, <laughs> shut your poor mouth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I've done small sword. I want you to know it's actually relatively fun. Murder toothpicks. I mean, yes. <laughs> you go spadroon or you just give up. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was Scythe. Yeah, I thought, but when you go to Scythe, I think you just it's fight. Like it's like it's there like it's a like, trend for that. I can I can document. Yeah, well, no, so, I nobody mean, has limbs below the ankle. Well, no, it's like it's like it's like it's like weird sex life, right? Eventually, your fetishes just get so far, you just get kinkier and kinkier. Right? Yeah, it's like we've gone from yeah. Spadroon to Scythe because, like, I'm done with everything. I just want to take limbs in a weird fashion. I will only fight in a steel suit. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, Jesus Christ. <laughs> working on it. <laughs> Traveling, you've you've been you've been around to all these different clubs. What are some like the major things you view as mistakes that you've seen? Like you come into a club and you're like, oh, I can't believe they're doing that that way. Maybe they're just doing it because no one told them. So now's your chance. Tell them. (laughs) (laughs) To not name. Yeah, don't name names. No, I'm not. uh, Person in this circle. So like. 
some of the major negatives I go off of that I see in things is one when an instructor trains and teaches in absolutes as a number one bad factor for me. I just like that because I don't believe in absolutes to that degree. I do agree in a general concept because I know this is the only way we do this order and you have to react this particular way. When I see things like that, I'm like, you, you really, it's not a video game and the, and the situations will be changing. Two, another big issue I have is when people disregard particular points of plays or training. Like, oh, this is what it tells you to do, but we're going to do it this way. It's like, I get it if you if you do it that way. Like, I honestly do. But, like, you have to give me context of why. Hey, the book tells you to do this. We found problems with this happening, so we do this instead. So it's about wording and, like, choice points. Like, oh, I just can never make it work, so I just do this. That doesn't give me enough to trust why you're doing it. You're just doing it because you're really good at it versus... Well, let's train what's going to happen. That's, that's like guy in the park mentality. Right. But you see it happens a lot, right? Two, and this is another subject matter we come to, is it comes to being where there's a huge ego issue in a lot of places. And I, and I say that in a lot of places. It's not really that many places. It's just more or less I've seen it in a number of times I go. I mean, the internet exists, so it can spread pretty far. Even though it's a small problem, it, it's a, it can be a big issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and like ego is, is, like it's a fine line of moments, right? Because it's like, it's part of inherent of what we make. So we, we run clubs, right? For, for an example, we can go into, hey, I own this club. I'm making it, right? And like, I need, I can't travel as much because I always have to be here. You sacrifice time to run a club. You do all these things. So then you, you're going to take pride in what you do. And then you're going to want different things, success, all this. It starts writing. This is my house. Screw you for questioning me. Like, eventually it devolves into that deal. If you try and take it all on yourself. I guess one of the biggest things you say about clubs is do not, as a leader or owner or anything, I think, feel like you have to run it all. You have people that can help step up. Your whole goal is to help your people evolve to get to your level so that way you can get back to training on an equal level. Mm -hmm. Build your people up to where it's self-sufficient, to where you can go again. Create the training partners. You yeah, yeah. Make pretty much. Professors. Yep. And all, and also just don't like I have several of my assistant instructors and all that. They come up with things, and I may not agree hundred percent with them, but I don't go over and second guess them in front of people and all that stuff. I go over because I know there's a reasoning for how they discuss it. We go over, we talk about. Yes, this is an option. This is also a way I do it as an option, and this is a way like Amber does it as an option, like. We're pretty much giving you the three main contexts of how we would do it. Uh, so re- reality is just stop putting everything on your own shoulders. Like, you have people to utilize. Don't abuse it. <laughs> but, you know, if you have somebody willing to step up and be like, hey, can you take over this one class? Or can you help with these things? And so, then, in your travels, have you found that all the different types of club leadership, the kind where there's, a, like, a big, a big group of people doing a lot of little stuff, that seems to work best? Yeah. I do. I honestly. So a lot, a lot of places when you have people now, even then there's there's some negatives that happen there too. You know, I really haven't seen this very much, but like it's you can bring in the concept of like you know dojo martial arts and different things, the belt ranks, and like trying to earn cookie crumbs to rank up and favoritism, blah blah blah. I really don't see that too much in my travels, but I mean, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But I do find that the places that run better and, like, the better club culture and you see the faster points of growth is when you you have that multi-layer leadership of groups. 
right? You can even take it in this club, for example, right? I mean, I'll turn Bold City's horn here for a moment because I do brag about y'all to a lot of people. Oh, no. I know. It's horrible. <laughs> Trolls, right? Yeah. 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 right? Setting us up for failure. Yeah. 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 They're going to meet us one day and we're going to let them down. Yeah, no, I, let it, I mean, I let everybody down eventually. Yeah. Usually with a sword in them, but that's okay. Nice. I know. Uh, but like you go on this maddest ownership, we have your own space and all that, but you have multiple pros, multiple people who are helping out into the system to keep them running. You work like I do. Yeah. Like you work crazy freaking hours, and running a club is not easy to do. But having that deal, because if it was all just you, and I know guys out there who work like we do, that they try to do both of these things, and it wonders why it can't grow, that's why. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons. I've read a lot of books about running martial arts schools and, um, you know, just different management styles. There, there seems to be a, uh, in traditional martial arts, or there seems to be a big emphasis on uh, the cult of personality. Yeah. And and it's easier to get things done if there's one guy that can say, this is the way we're doing it. But it, it also can, that can take a bad turn more easily. So, yeah. it, you know, it's hit or miss. But it's also like, you know, on the, the popularity, right? It goes into those things of popularity, power control, power dynamics. Yeah, now you're into a whole different psychology aspect, right? If I, if you have just that alpha male or like that, you know, king rulership moment and it's all underneath that deal and everyone converts to what you want, then you've now stagnated the learnings yeah. and expansions. Yeah, there's a, there's, there'll, there'll be a point where you don't know if they're telling you what you need to hear or what you, or they're telling you what you want to hear. Exactly. If, if, you, if you even realize that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have a feeling, like a sense of the myth that you're in mm-hmm. and you're just, this is your reality and you, you don't uh, have any kind of humility about it. And you yeah. just steamroll everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, the majority of that's one reason it's like, I, I really strive to not have the ego moments. For example, y'all see here. And as I teach in any workshop I go to in every class I teach, I do that circle up. It's like critique it, give me positive negatives, make it become better because yeah, it's, it's so powerful. Right. It, it forces you to reflect on the class and really think about what you gained and what you wanted to gain that you didn't. Yeah. It's huge. And like even today, like we did two separate footwork workshops today, right? We did two separate things. And like after the first one, took the critique, we did the second one and it was already noticeable by people watching. Like, hey, no, you, you went back and like corrected all the things we talked about. Well, because I, I took a, a workshop with you in, uh, in, this isn't a joke this time, in Pensacola. <laughs> 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 um, and, and the critique that you got there, I could I could see it was it was tangible that you had you had adjusted because of even that feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's forever the constant growth, right? You can't you have to remember that when you're a leadership or an instructor or anything in that place is that you're still just a freaking human being, man. And in reality, it's like we never stop learning. It's really it. Like you can be amazing you could be able to change your vectors at all kinds of angles be able to adjust everything fantastically do great none of us are invincible mm-hmm. yeah. no one wins forever and we are always learning that's more exciting to me as a concept because it means it, the improvement is infinite yeah eventually you might like you might get bored with certain things but that also means that you're maybe not actually like training up the group around to give you the stimulus you need or perhaps Maybe you should go travel more to go meet other people to simulate in another way. So now we're now back to the circle of it. Besides, yeah, right? this is HEMA. There's always another weapon. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. There's another <laughs> weapon. Dude, there's always another person 
in another league or a few states over, that'll shock you. Yeah. So we're kind of brushing against it. What 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 activities do you do that keep you healthily motivated to keep practicing emo? Because you've been balls to the walls for what, like four years now? Uh, four, four and a half now. Four and a yeah. half years. Um, so what what keeps you motivated to keep training consistently and traveling? And- but also under that burnout level. Yes, yeah. that's a real cool. thing. Yeah. 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 So I, I will admit that burnout has been a bad, dangerous thing. Uh, I will state that my clubmates have really beaten it into me to start taking time down, like relaxation, like take time off and take breaks. I, I used to not. I used to be like, I can tell you, like in the first two years, I was just running, gun, never freaking quit. Uh, and especially in the last, in 2019 and up into like with 2020, we were forced with it, right? <laughs> but there's everybody's forced team vacation. Yeah, I know, right. Uh, Rest your muscles. I've been taking a lot more of a break, like learning to take breaks. So it's, it's like just doing workouts, right? You do so many weeks on, then take a rest week. One of the bigger motivations for me is that I get hard into sources and all that, and I I like to solve puzzles. I like to figure things out, and so I constantly am working on that puzzle, uh, which will never be really solved, honestly. <laughs> But it's, like, it's one of the things that keeps me motivated. It's also, too, it's like, I didn't find this until, you know, I was in my 30s. And, yeah. and you know, like, six-year-old me would be very, very excited about this. But, like, here I am at 30. I didn't find it till late. I only have so many years, honestly, feel you. Yeah. that I can be. I've destroyed my entire body and work and everything else. Like, yeah. it's only a matter of time. So it's kind of like one of those moments where like, I can either go all in and just do everything I can now, or I can try to save and make it last as long, and et cetera, et cetera. But for me, it's just I just keep going because staying in better shape, staying in training, just means that I'll have a better chance to keep going later yeah. versus not enough or different things. Also, the more you learn now, when your body does fall apart, you can, you'll, you'll have more knowledge to pass on. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, you learn it now while you can do it, and that way you can yeah. explain it better later, you know, yeah. when you're a mummy. I, mean, I, I spent six six or six to eight weeks off my feet after ACL and meniscus surgery, and that was one of my biggest knowledge leaps. Couldn't train. Needed to bump my knowledge. Just fucking sat there and read books and connected dots yeah. on the couch. I mean, and, I, and trust me, I get it. Not everyone can go through the sources, you know. Like, not all, not everyone is like some of us who, who, like, harp on the knowledge base. I have some great fighters, and they, they can't make heads or tails of the thing. You should explain the concepts, and they freaking get it, but, right. like, reading in the process. So I get that. For me, I, 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 honest to God, take a lot of time to where I train and I solo drill. A lot of things to understand footwork, my own body, my mechanics, how to feel comfortable. There's also many nights I, I just grab the book. I'm like, I'm exhausted. I was in a pipe rack with 100 pounds of gear on me all day, you know, working in the heat. And it's like, I, I can't swing a sword right now. Mm-hmm. Well, great. The mind is just as good of a weapon to train up than just your body. So let me go and sit down. I'm going to really work on, you know, provoker, taker, hitter. And like really read those concepts throughout the entire Meyer book and go through that. Hey, how can I apply that to this piece over here? And just... Like, don't forget every part of you, psychology, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. Like, there's all factors that fall into it. 
and it's just a deal. And also, I'm just I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 whoa, too. I've, I've had, literally, I've dated a couple of normies in the process of doing this, and it oh. just did not end well, because they're like, hey, what am I going to do this? I'm training. Fuck off. Like, you know? <laughs> and they're like, well, like, what's up? I got class that night. Sorry. It's like, but when are we going to say, I don't know. I was like, what about this weekend? I got my kids this weekend, and I got training. Yeah. You know, it's just like... It's just when it's your life, it's your life kind of thing. Yeah. And and don't get me wrong, I don't like to knock anybody back that takes this as a hobby. And it's like, we're just here for fun or the one or two nights a week. I'm, I'm all down yeah. for that, too. Like, do what you can to put into it for your own deal. Yeah. You get what you put in. Yeah. yeah. Pursue your own purpose. Yeah. For me, it's like, this is just my life. Keith is just to stab people. Right. You know. You choose your own level of involvement. That's it. <laughs> Waiting for it. Yep. <laughs> but it's but it's appropriate. Yeah, you, yeah. You, this is a part of the beauty of Hema. You, you, you could you could dip in, take a class a week, enjoy yourself, or you can go balls out, or anywhere in between. I guess you could do that with knitting too, but it's better with swords. Yeah. <laughs> Time travel back and de-dick yourself. Balls out knitting. <laughs> Balls out knitting. Boom. Fan <laughs> man. Yeah, man. It's full of grandmas with their balls out. Jeez. Somebody just slapped him. <laughs> oh, I want to make, make a bad joke. But... <laughs> right, we can edit it out. I don't know. Can you do sack? My mom is with your balls could, out? Could you do sack with your, could you do sack with your ball sack? Yes. 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 <laughs> Ma- Pretty confident. Matter of fact, let me Six go cut drill. Drive it with them hips. <laughs> yeah. Let me go work out in the heat for 30 minutes. I'll show you. <laughs> what, do they got to get supple? And for that? Yes. It's it's just, build up that ball sweat that's slinging around. Oh, oh, oh. Man, get a oh slow, somebody get slap a, you on for me. Get a slow-mo camera on that. <laughs> show, show all your lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect 45. Fuck you, Keith. Ah, yeah. Suppress. Suppress. <laughs> oh, you, you can even get footwork in there. The worst yeah. part. The worst part is, ladies and gentlemen, is we are sober at this moment. Yeah. You can if you just set them on your leg. Is that middle? <laughs> or is it key? I guess, I guess if they're face forward, it's like uh, which leg, key. which leg? Yeah. Are, are you in an open posture or closed posture? You've uh, contributed to this. I mean, I'm, sure. I'm sitting here going, "Why have I? What have I done?" Um, uh, you just got bold city. Oh! Uh, don't worry, I'm about to stab all of y'all in a little bit. Right. <laughs> well, I, I think people are waiting on this so we can Dude. so they can spar. So six hours of uh, workshops and uh, uh, downstairs for some sparring. Yeah, I'm gonna snort some pizza and dr- eat a beer and let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean my right now my legs already hate me and I got a yeah. like nine sit, hour drive tomorrow. So sitting so down right. was a mistake. <laughs> you can just sit down all day tomorrow. You're fine. Come oh, on, let's go. Some... <laughs> <laughs> I still had to operate a pedal, bitch. <laughs> Just get your fetter in there. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's drive, drive point me. control. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Or, or you know, ball control by that point. They'll just be down oh, that far. If you can uh, flick a fetter with your balls. Oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Internet. Yeah, thank you. Uh, bye. Balls, balls, balls. <laughs> this episode of Swords and Stereo was produced by Final Plank Media Productions. Theme song for Swords and Stereo is Thunderer by Professor Agma. Check him out, too. To find out more about Bold City Longsword, visit their website at jacksonvillehema.com. 
To find more Final Plank Media produced podcasts, visit finalplank.com or visit us at Final Plank on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Thank you.